a post-apocalyptic film where rock music is your score and everyone fits into cliche cults, we watched the 1982 movie She, today on Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host as always, Jeff Bell, and today's movie, wow, pretty much all I gotta say. That's that crazy. And you'll understand once I get done with the review. It's pretty just... It's out there, basically. It's a 1982 movie called Sheep. Now, this movie is actually a remake of numerous versions of this exact same story. It's based upon a book from uh, um, uh, H. Ryder Haggard, better known for the stories King Solomon's Mines and Alan Quartermain, that character. These movies have been being made since basically... Oh, geez, I don't know, uh, early 1900s. This story of She has actually been produced numerous times, uh, up till just recently in 2001, it was made. Uh, there's versions from this one that we were actually watching is the 1982 version. There is one from 1965, one from 1935, 25. They like to pretty much do it, apparently, every decade, because there's also at least two or three from the 1917, 1916. It goes back a long way. But we are focusing today on this version. This one is weird. Let's just be honest. <laughs> it's a very weird movie. Now, I've never read the novel, so I cannot necessarily say if this is not what the novel is. This might be a very faithful adaptation to the story, but I kind of doubt it. So anyways, let's just get into the review. As the movie starts out, we're giving a very, 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 very quick montage of a world being created by the Punisher symbol. Okay. And the movie's title, which morphs twice before vitalizing itself and slowly, and I mean slowly, floating itself towards the screen. After that action-packed opening, yeah, we're treated to another exciting scene of three people crossing a river with a mule. It's apparently 23 after the cancellation, a time where Earth has returned back to a more primitive time, and everyone's bartering 1980s items, including cereal and an upright arcade cabinet. The future, who? But the barter is interrupted by a rock number surprise attack by a group of bad guys dressed as a football player, a biker, a military leader, a boxer, so basically a post-apocalyptic version of the village people. They fight in what I must assume are the three main characters, ultimately resulting in a moment where the internet meme I took an arrow to the knee actually would be appropriate, as the woman of the three is kidnapped by the evil rock band village people, leaving the two men alone. Suddenly cutting to a room where everyone is chanting the words, she, 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 and headbanging, we have a quick and pointless introduction to the film's titular character. <laughs> it's a woman named she. Enough said. We find the two surviving men from the opening are actually brothers, and they are taken in by a strange woman who poisons both of them, locks one up in a pig pen, and sells the other, who is named Tom, to she, who puts him through the world's most worst obstacle course that just involves him being pushed back and forth between a row of women and sharp sticks while blindfolded. No, seriously. That's about as much sense as I can make of it. Tom is picked up by some scientist cave dwelling guy, cured of his giant wounds from the walk, and then immediately lets him go to get his brother from the strange woman, who walks in just as they're leaving and is immediately knocked out cold by Tom. He's a real woman lover. Dressed only in cloaks, Tom and his brother somehow manage to sneak into She's fortress and watch among the other chanters as she picks another man for what they don't say, I don't know, and she goes on her way. Walking into a random cave with a ton of shipping boxes and random electronics from the 1980s, she quickly fights two, wait, wait, no, wait, no, there's three now, 
Three, three more. Okay, so five men who burst out of the shipping boxes like dummies coming to life. I don't know how long they've been standing in those shipping crates waiting for someone to just show up, but that must really suck for a job. Oh yeah, and a robotic Frankenstein monster burst out of the last box and attacks her. And she pulls the bolts from his neck. And his head explodes. Yep, that just happened. She becomes quote-unquote cured, as said by some random crazy old creepy lady who's now all of a sudden in the cave and watches as she takes off her nightgown and takes a quick bath in a random bubbling pond of water. Because that's sanitary. We finally see what she's been choosing the men for as she walks into a room to sacrifice the man only to find Tom and his brother waiting to ambush and kidnap her, forcing her to help them. As they stop for a night, the three of them are then ambushed by another group of mummy-looking people, I guess, who she knows and has worked with in the past. They betray her by throwing them into a slowly closing room where, oh god, the rock music soundtrack kicks in again and is so loud it makes me root for them to get crushed already just so it would end. Now this is a good time for me to make a point that the film has a very heavy rock-driven soundtrack that kicks in during, quote-unquote, moments of action and is so loud that it covers up dialogue and sound effects almost entirely. It's decently done music, but could have used a little volume control just to, you know, just bring it down a little bit. Oh crap, I'm starting to sound like an old man. She's bodyguards, and henchwoman lady track her down to the crushing room where they find she and the two brothers somehow alive in an opening in the wall that would frankly be a design flaw in this room. I should really get that fixed. They escape the leper mummy people, and she frees the brothers to continue on their journey to find their captured sister, with her secretly and quietly following behind with her horse. Quietly. With a horse. Yeah. The two men find what appears to be a peaceful colony of old-school Romanesque people who are, yeah, you know where this is going, don't you? They have a dinner party! No, seriously, they all get dressed up and have an old-world custom dinner party and everyone falls asleep. Oh yeah, and they're cannibalistic werewolf vampires. And they attack. And there's rock music. And then the brothers, she and her bodyguard, escape to finally get away when they're attacked by monks whose leader can make people levitate with his eyes. Of course, because if there was anything I felt this film was lacking, it was monks with magical powers. So after being tortured for a little bit, having some more food, which I'm pretty sure these people are eating full-course meals every two hours, a brief fight, a terrible you-look-taller joke to the bodyguard who was put on the rack, the brothers return the favor and help break out she and her bodyguard, only to be captured again by another crazy over-the-top character, this time dressed in 18th century clothing who finds interesting specimens and dissects them. But this... character... Doesn't last long as she and Tom's brother set the place on fire and escape, looking for Tom, who managed not to be caught. Tom, meanwhile, manages to find his way to the evil rock band village people's walled-in city, where the bridge keep is a walking, bad pop culture-spouting Robin Williams impersonation that multiplies and regenerates each time Tom slices a piece of them off. It's like the average person's worst nightmare. So Tom gets into the city. Shortly afterwards, followed by she and Tom's brother, the two manage to steal two of the village people's outfits of course, and infiltrate the group during their dinner time. They're then ushered into an arena fight to the death with a handful of others in front of the leader of the village people, a badly dressed, robot-looking, sequin-wearing guy, who has Tom and his brother's kidnapped sister. It's like they knew where she was. During the process, she and Tom's brother reveal themselves to the final arena fighter, who happens to be Tom himself. 
The three, along with their sister, escape after the leader lets them go for a threat of killing Xi's people. She, which I just realized is really kind of confusing when you're just trying to describe this movie, because that's really all her name is. She decides to fight the evil village people army at a bridge just outside in hopes of saving her people. Of course, Tom and his brother decide to help fight the battle and prepare the area for the attack. They fend them off for a bit, but just when things are starting to look grim, she's main bodyguard shows up with her army and chases them away. Everyone rides back to the boat from the beginning where Tom and his sister get on and float away, having learned or gained absolutely nothing but what a crazy and ridiculous story this is. And that's the end. That's she. That is an hour and 45 minutes of craziness. I'm not even kidding you. The story is so over the top and so just completely random. Again, it seems like this review sounds, as I've said before, the reviews sound like I'm just picking out moments, but believe me, I'm not. This movie is so just all over the place, and I can tell that it was based upon a book, because I'm sure that the book actually delved into a little more detail about each of these different people that captured them, because it seems like, oh, we're at this point, oh, then we're at this point, oh, then we're at this point, oh, then we're here's these characters, and it just and it just keeps, like, one right after another that I'm sure probably was about four or five chapters worth of the story, you know, for each character. But in the movie, they're only there for about 15 minutes, if that, and then they're gone. So it's like these guys get captured, they escape, they get captured, they get escaped. It's like right, just one right after another, and it's just ridiculous. Now, she is a pretty decent movie. It's another bad, bad film from the early 80s trying to cash in on some sort of fantasy or some sort of, you know, classic literature. It's, I still, I blame Star Wars for half these movies, but... If not for that, we wouldn't have these amazing films to watch, so I, you know, it's Catch-22, really. But I do recommend you watching She just because it's so crazy and so ridiculous and so over the top. And if anything, even though I did rip on the uh, the, the bridge keep and his badly uh, done Robin Williams impersonations, it still is probably one of the more entertaining moments of the movie compared to the cannibalistic vampire werewolves and the monks with glowing green eyes and... Yeah, everything else in this movie, basically, but it's worth it. It's a fun, just kind of hour and 45 minute movie. Now, this movie is not necessarily uh, family appropriate, so I do not recommend you watching it with younger kids. Uh, there is some violence in the film and a little bit of blood here and there, not necessarily anything gory. But there is also a topless scene as she does, as I mentioned before, bathe in a random pond. I guess. I don't really know why that was a you know, important to the story, except that it's a 1980s movie that's an action film, so it just needed to have nudity, I guess, in it. But that doesn't matter. So uh, definitely not a uh, little kid-friendly, but it's still a good, enjoyable movie for you to watch, and I highly, 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 highly recommend you watching this and adding it to your queue. It is on Netflix right now. Look for it. Like I said, just search for the movie She, and you'll find it. So, But that's all for today's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host, Jeff Bell. And as I've said before, if you know of any awesome, awesome films that you would like me to review and get out to the rest of the world here on this podcast, let me know by sending me an email or, well, don't call me because you don't have my number, unless you do have my number, and then go ahead and call me or send me a text message, but I'm not going to give that out over this, so it's really only privy for those who know me. So basically, I'm just rambling about something that you can't even do anything about. But anyways, get a hold of me, email me write to me if you know my address you know send smoke signals 
do whatever you need to do just to get a hold of me. But let me know uh, as soon as you can, because I would love to review more and more movies. I have a lot of films coming up, but you know what? Never hurts to have a couple more. So that's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening, and join us next time for more amazing Netflix and Hulu bottom of the barrel. That didn't make sense. Did anybody get that? No? I'll just fix that in post. For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.